It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. Brought to us today by Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. If you like to drink at night and be able to think in the morning, one shot of Hangover Destroyer lets you have all the fun and no side effects. Google Hangover Destroyer or just go to hdestroyer.com if you can remember that. And also brought to us today by Petite Pet Care. If you're going out of town or you have a schedule that keeps you away from home, the folks at Petite Pet Care understand that some pets are fine going to a kennel or doggy daycare, but others prefer the comfort of their own home. If that's your pet for loving care when you are not there, give them a call at Petite Pet Care or find them at petitepetcare.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like or how they're looking at you, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limo or just got out of jail. And they're going to be happy to talk to you because that's New Orleans. And this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar. In this case, we're at Wayfair on Ferret Street, on the new hip part of Ferret Street. Wayfair is a restaurant and a bar serving handcrafted food and spirits. Chef Kevin White puts fine dining into a sandwich, and if you're wondering if that's just some sort of bullshit slogan, let me tell you this, Chef Kevin moved to New Orleans for no other reason than he loves it here, and when he was in New York, he cooked alongside Mario Batali. How about that? This guy's taking the sandwich to a whole other level, and the bartenders here make a bunch of awesome Wayfair special cocktails as well, which we're drinking today. They have a three-hour happy hour here from 4 to 7. We're at Wayfair on Ferret Street. My special guest sitting around the table here on Happy Hour today are in exactly this order. Miles Swanson. Hello, Miles. Hello. How are you? It's a very British sounding sort of yeah. name, isn't it? Yeah, Miles. My, my middle name's Wesley, so that's even Miles more. Miles Wesley Swanson. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what my parents were Are your were parents thinking. British? No. They just thought it sounded nice. <laughs> Where are they from? Uh, Washington, D.C., Maryland. Hmm. Mm. That's a great name. What's yeah. the, what are their names? Uh, Jacqueline Swanson and well, Stephen Rowe Swanson. Well, that's very sort of upper classy sounding too. <laughs> what was your mother's maiden name and what's your social Peterson. security number? Peterson. Peterson. Yeah. And what's your social security number? Her social security no, number? No, yours. Oh, am I supposed to? No, that was the are last we going to edit the sound no, later? No, that was the last question. So are they, uh, <laughs> are they sort of upper classy type people or from the northeast type? Oh, I wouldn't say. I mean, they're definitely from the northeast. Yeah. I don't know. We don't. Well, know they're anybody. from Maryland, though, so that's below the Mason-Dixon line. Oh. So that doesn't count as being from the Northeast, right? Well, technically, okay. actually, Maryland, I think, is above. This is Chris. But they got to keep their slaves during the Civil War just because they would invade Washington. Good deal. Yeah. How did you know that, Chris? Because you're from Maryland. I am. So how do you get to keep sla- you get to keep slaves that we because no, you're below the Mason-Dixon line. Is that what you're saying? Or, well, they're above. No, you said they're above. It. It. I don't know. They got to keep slaves. I remember that part. For okay. a little while. They do were we, a border state. Do we, they're a border? They were a border state, yeah. So were they part of the South or were they part of the North in the Civil War, technically? They were a border state. They were what part of mean? the South. Like Switzerland? They were kind of like Switzerland. The Switzerland no, they were part of, of the North. Because that's why they didn't rebel is because they Ruth, got to do you keep know? everything. Do you know, Ruth, do you know anything about oh, this? No, where I'm, where I'm, are you from? No, I was just rolling my eyes because well, I feel I know, like in Louisiana we can't get off this subject. But um, no, we haven't I'm even an, started the fucking show. I know. I'm a musical pilgrim to New Orleans. I come from Bellevue, Washington. You're Bo- from Washington. Yes. Yeah, okay. Let's go down the list here. Let me introduce Miles to you first of all, so we know who we're talking to. Miles came to New Orleans after the storm to do volunteer work with Common Ground Relief. He only planned to stay for two weeks. Two Holy weeks. Crap! Did yeah. you really? But two weeks has turned into over eight years. Miles coordinated Common Ground Relief's free legal clinic from 2005 to 2008. It says here, Miles, you were an AmeriCorps Pro Bono Legal Corps fellow. Does that mean you work for free as a lawyer? Yeah, basically. Jesus Christ, that's a very unusual trait right there, isn't it? It's as unusual as your name. And you're now an attorney with a small solo practice, primarily working in criminal defense, personal injury, and civil rights. It doesn't get much more diverse than that by the sound of it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think there was anyone working in, in civil rights and personal injury. That sounds like sort of paradoxical. No, not at all. Not really? No. I thought civil rights was the good guys and personal injury were just in it for the money. No, not at all. No? Personal no. injury can be legitimate, like... Absolutely. I thought it was just, you know, don't take a check till you check with me and <laughs> I can get you $18,000 if you got whiplash. <laughs> no? No, 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 no. Not at all? No. Okay. Miles is an avid bicyclist and an enthusiastic dog owner who, in everything he does, strives to give back to the community. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Graham says I'm not allowed to talk about slaves. Okay, you also have to hit the enter button because now it says I have olive oil, no slave talk. So if I, 
that's kind of like a poem. If you keep going, it'll be good. And I want to introduce you as well to Ruth Navarre. Hello, Ruth. Hey, how are you doing? No, I'm doing well. How are you doing? It's great to be here. I know, isn't it? It says here that you are a New Orleans singer, harpist, violinist, and violist. I wouldn't put it in that order, but yeah, okay, I, I do all order, those things. Okay, which order? What comes first? Well, my degrees are in viola performance, and after that, I picked up violin and folk harp, and I just picked up singing on my own. Okay. So, first of all, you have a degree in, in, a, in viola? Two degrees, yes. Two degrees in viola. You got it. So, the viola is like a violin, except it's, it's more I wish steroidal. I, had, I wish I had brought both. It is actually between the violin and the cello. The viola is somewhere between the violin and the cello. Has it got the same notes? No, it's lower in range and has a deeper, um, more mellow sound. Okay. So it's nowhere really between the cello. I mean, is it musically between the cello and the... Exactly. In range, it is between right. the violin and the cello. Right. But the size of it is much more like a violin than a cello. The cello exactly. It's closer, closer in size to right. the violin, but... Um, larger enough to be more difficult to play. Why did you pick up the viola and not the violin? That's a good question. I was nine. Finally, and it I was knew arbitrary. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good question to me um, because I was nine and I really don't remember my reasoning. <laughs> it's not that good of a question then. I thought you'd have a good answer. No, it's a That's good question not a good for answer. me. I oh, have to. Ex it it forces me to examine my okay. motives well, at such an early age. But I love both. Well, think back. What? How did you even know what a viola was when you were nine years old? I I guess my first teacher exposed me to both, and I was I pointed at one. Who was your first teacher? Her name was Heather Raywald. Heather Raywald. So did you call her Miss Heather or what do they call them? They, no, they don't Bellevue, do the Washington. Miss thing uh, in Bellevue, Washington. We what were on first <laughs> name terms with our teachers. So you called her Heather when she was nine, when you were nine. Yes. And how old was Heather? I, would, I would, shouldn't say. How old was she then? Did she seem like an old lady or young? She like seemed uh, teetering on the brink of, of old age, yes. Right. And so teetering. what was she doing? I'm sure she wasn't actually, <laughs> but she seemed like it to me. What was she doing teaching nine-year-old kids who had never... You, were you she like taught us violin and viola. That's what you did for a gig at home or in a class? At home, yeah. At she wasn't home. So you went to her home? Yeah, and she did wasn't actually very very good at it. Um, I know my mom came with me to so make, sure that to make sure that to make sure that she got her money's worth absolutely, which she did uh, not because my first teacher was unfortunately not very good and gave me technical issues that I was forced to address through grad school. This is Heather Raywalt. Um, can we not use her name on this show? Yeah. Too late now. We're yeah, okay, Let's not use well, her name he again. Asked me, yes. Let's not use her name again. So she taught you how to play bad, and it goes, badly. Wrong yes, and technique. it goes to show kids what? study with me because I right. have better technique and I will right. teach you better technique. Why yes. didn't you sue her? Because I she Miles. Ha she doesn't what? have any money. Okay. What could we get out of her, Miles? A lot of money. She doesn't have any. She doesn't have any money. Yeah. Oh well, then. What would you? Is there any redress miles available? <laughs> Talking to this microphone over here. There Talking to this microphone. That's it, this one, yes. Oh, Good okay. man, thank you. Okay. Um, I don't know. She doesn't have any money? She has to have a car or something. It. She has a car. She we has get her car. Future, future Probably earnings. wasn't a very nice car. Is she nice still alive? Car. Good question. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, let's go. Hey, look her up, Chris. Yeah, let's send this old Heather Raywald. R-A-E-W-A-L-D, I bet, is it? From Bellevue, Washington. Well, I was going to... She was to teetering on the brink of old age then. And, well, yeah. that can't have been, you're pretty young. It can't have been that long ago, I'm That's sure. That's true, yes. Um, well, I was going to say, luckily, I had the opportunity to go on and study with wonderful teachers and universities from a slightly older age. So what happened? What, what did she teach you that was wrong? What technique? Um, I would have to demonstrate, but, sure, but I will ahead. later. Oh, sure. I'll yeah. be right back. Okay. I can continue reading this. Well, I can't read it without you being here, I suppose. I only got one yeah, sentence kind of into the whole intro here. Right. I have a whole paragraph that they gave me. In. So, you know... Wait, I want to go back to the, 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 the dog thing. What was that dog place? Because I need something like that. My dog. Petite pet care. My dog. Yeah. I can't board him. He, you know, he freaks out and I actually have to have someone stay at my house. Okay, well, this so is... So I might need something like that. This so is the I, way I, to go. Petite yeah. pet care. That's Christy okay. at Petite Pet Care. is okay. awesome. I'm going to need to do that. Yeah. Well, that's why, we, that's why they advertise so you can okay. find out about them. So give them a call at whatever the number is or uh, go to petitepetcare.com. P-E-T-I-T. It's okay. French, by the way. You, did okay. you know that? No. Pet. Well, pet is not. Pet's English. Pet. Mm. Petite. Petite is French. It means something. I don't know. Does it mean something in French? Petite. Small. I think it's small. Is it small pet care? Small pet care. She's average size. Because my Christy. dog's large. How big uh, is your dog? He's about 110 pounds. That's large. That is yeah. <laughs> super large. What yeah. sort of dog is he? Yeah, he's, a, he's a Chesapeake Bay Retriever. He's oh, about, he's about your size. That's my weight. Yeah. You weigh 110 pounds, Ruth? Uh, or 11, yeah. 111 on an average day. Yeah, and the dog's about your size, yeah. He learned how to wow. open up the refrigerator, so uh, I had to put a lock on it. So that's my. <laughs> he's, he's a very difficult dog. What a great dog. What's his name? Brilliant. Huey. Wow. Huey. Huey. Yeah. He sounds Did, very precocious. Do you <laughs> like to eat, Ruth? 
sometimes. Okay, so then maybe you're Ruth he and the dog. He likes too. Yeah. yeah. I wonder. If, I wonder how much what amount of food he eats compared to how much you, you would sure eat. I'm sure I would lose. I'm sure I would lose. Do you think? Uh, girls usually come up short in eating competitions um, because they're because they've they've conditioned themselves to eat less in an attempt to keep their weight down. Except I should mention champions of the IFOS International Federation of Competitive Eating. Um, one of the top five last time I checked was um, this 105 pound Asian mm. young lady named Sonia Thomas who um, who can best these gluttonous huge American guys just because she's Asian. This and is a woman from here. Um, that she ate all those oysters? Is that She has about? an Asian background. Uh, she's from here? I think there's... Well, there Sonia is a, Thomas? No, maybe she's not. There's a Vietnamese woman. I think she's a Vietnamese woman here who won the oyster eating contest no. about like three or four the, years ago. I'm talking about a professional. Yeah, she's, she's very You can make a living out of that? Um, if you're good enough, which apparently she is. What's, um, a, what's the name of the organization? International Federation of Competitive Eating. How did you know that? Um, I hung out with trombonists at my first college. Yeah. Because... Wait, what does that have to do with? Oh, trombonists are weird, and they just have, you know, diverse, you know, And they're in competitive interests. eating? Or? Well, they didn't personally, but they were fans, <laughs> rather. Okay. Yeah, I started at the University of Washington before transferring to LSU. Right. And what's the name of the woman? UW? Is that what it is? UW? Yes, you got okay. it. Yeah. UW. Yeah, what's UW. her name, the competitive champion eater? Asian uh, Sonia woman? Thomas. I don't, know if she, I don't know if she's retired by now, but last I heard, she was, like, second in, in the world. What sort right of up there with Kobayashi and all of them. What's the guy that eats the hot dogs from Japan? He eats many things, but yes, he's known for his for. Uh, That's the reason I know because he comes. Dogs. Well, he comes to the United States for the Fourth of July hot dog eating contest. Well, in Europe, this is the place to be for hot dog eating. So, have you ever tried competitive eating, Ruth? Oh no, I mean, quite just the opposite. For the hell of it? Like I said, what have you um, done? Com- competitive throwing up? Well, unfortunately, competitive bulimia. Is there a competitive <laughs> yeah. bulimia? Well, I don't know. Graham didn't say don't talk I, yeah. about it, so. No, I, I grew up doing ballet, so unfortunately, like I said, like many right. girls, I conditioned myself to eat less. Those girls who have to do ballet, did you? Did they tell you you have to have tiny breasts? Um, no, but I stopped when I was 14 before that came in it, before that became much of an issue. Right. But luckily, that never, wouldn't become a problem for me anyway. So, so even up to 14, you had, there was pressure. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I, I, I was the fat kid in my ballet class. Wow. Always, yeah. What was the deal? I mean, people are serious well, about being um, a dancer. A lot, of, a lot of the ballet students were full Asian. I'm, on, I'm only half. What's the other half? Jewish. So you're Asian and Jewish, like, yes, Ge- like Genghis Khan. Exactly. <laughs> Good pun. No, not really. I didn't make it up. No. It's a restaurant no, no. somewhere. Where is, where is okay. that? Is that here? Never heard of it. Genghis Khan. Is I that probably here, Graham, or is it in somewhere I probably else? wouldn't approve it because, unfortunately, I've had real Chinese food, so I, I don't really eat so Americanized what, Chinese what food. Two, so your one parent is Chinese? Mm-hmm. And the other parent is American Jewish? Exactly. Okay, how'd they meet? Uh, my dad dropped out of Harvard, and my mom uh, audited there, so neither of them got a degree, but they hung out there. Dropped out of Harvard? Uh, taking classes, rather, and hanging out, I imagine. That sounds pretty cool, right? Did Steve yeah. Jobs drop out of Harvard, right? I don't well, think he Mar- went to college. No, Mark Zuckerberg did. Mark Zuckerberg dropped yeah. out of Harvard as well. So the legend goes. So you said it was your, and your mom was auditing classes. That means you just go and sit in on classes. Yeah, and uh, sometimes she would, I believe she would have professors as her faculty advisors on research. Okay. And what was she studying? Her master's was in movement analysis and dance therapy, but then her, but then she decided she wanted to make some money. So she got her PhD in psychology. That's a good idea. So she's a therapist. No, uh, not anymore. Uh, She ended up in real estate after the divorce. (laughs) Oh, they got divorced. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So this is not a good story about Asian-Jewish comedy. No, I, no, I think it's charming. <laughs> it's good for you. I mean, You've yeah, turned I out okay. I am proud. To, yeah. I mean, half Asians are taking over the world. So what did your father drop out of study? Math. Math. Mm-hmm. He taught me math he before got, the divorce. But he course, got yeah. into yeah. Harvard to do math, which is pretty impressive. What school did you go to, Mars? Uh, for college, for undergrad, or law school? I went to Fordham University for uh, undergrad. Okay. Same as Jimmy Graham from the Saints, right? Did he go to Fordham did University to Fordham? in the Bronx? Where is that? In it's Bronx. in New York City. Oh, okay. yeah. Didn't Jimmy Graham go to Fordham? I have no idea. I don't think so. Oh, somebody has to I don't tell know. me that. And then I went to University of District of Columbia for uh, law school. Okay. So you, District of Columbia. And then you came down here after the storm. Correct. To, yeah. To get, to get more tattoos or just? Exactly. <laughs> how many did you have when you got here? Uh, I had a few. I had a few. You got tons now. So I do. I have tons, yeah. yeah. There's some, quite a few good uh, uh, tattoo artists. Should we go here. through them one at a time? We, we could do that. Let's go through some of them. Some of them <laughs> look amazing. What's the giant sort of a frog thing? That's oh, it's, a, it's sort of a, a toad. He's got a king. Uh, 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 it's a king toad. He's got a, a What's crown. coming out of his mouth? Oh, he's got his, his tongue. I mean, he's got it wrapped around a fly. A fly. He's got okay. a scepter here. 
Uh, would that just we'll just wait up for one sec. Where would you come up with the idea for that one? Um, actually, I was at uh, Antoine's. One of my uh, uh, one of my good friends uh, here yeah. uh, uh, worked at Antoine's, and I went up into one of their uh, their old ballrooms upstairs, and they had some kind of uh, old old paintings of old Mardi Gras invitations and uh, those sorts of things that were you know incredibly sort of surreal, and uh, especially the ones from the, around the turn of the century from the sort of the uh, the old line crews, and I. Uh, Saw that and was like, I thought that would make an interesting uh, inspiration for a tattoo. So, so is that? I thought maybe you had the frog's leg or something. I do love frog legs, but uh, <laughs> but this is that frog that you have tattooed on your arm. Is that is that the same as a as the painting at? Antoine's it's not exactly or was it the same, but it was definitely by. sort of an, an inspiration. Right. So. Okay, and then above that, there's some sort of an octopus-looking thing. Or yeah, it's a, actually it's a Lady Justice. Wow. It's oh Lady Justice. Uh, she's wearing high heels, and wow. uh, she's throwing a Molotov cocktail at an octopus and wrestling with the octopus. I'm sorry, is she a graphic novel character? Lady Justice. Yeah. She is she the symbol like of our uh, of the of the justice system. So if you go oh, to any courtroom, she does have the scales. Oh, she's I see. blind. Uh, oh, I, I only heard I've only heard of that motif as blind justice. Yeah, okay. blind blind justice. Oh, now she's I see. She's wearing high heels. Oh, okay. so you can kind of see so it's it like over a, here. She looks like a. You're right. I mean, so I like don't an know if she's an allegorical character, yeah. but she could make I'm sure a graphic so novel I, hero. This fantastic artist here in New Orleans, uh, Don Davis, and uh, he used to work at uh, Tattoo Go Go. I mean. Eye Candy on Magazine. Now he works at Tattoo Go-Go, and he did uh, all that artwork on my arm. Where's Tattoo Go-Go? Go-Go. Uh, Tattoo Go-Go is right on Magazine above uh, Napoleon, just next to Buddha Belly. Oh, okay, right there. Yeah. It's close yeah. to us. Yeah. So um, Don is actually an amazing artist, and besides being a tattoo artist, he also tattoos nipples on women who've had uh, breast, reconstruction, breast reconstruction surgery, and he's one of the uh, most talented uh, artists here in New Orleans I've uh, uh, I've seen. You mean he tattoos a sort of a faux nipple? Yeah, a woman who've had uh, breast reconstruction surgery. You mean after breast cancer or something? Yeah, yeah. So you don't get your nipples sewn back on after? I think that is certainly a possibility, but uh, I think a lot of his uh, tattooing too. So he, he's apparently pretty good at it. So <laughs> I never knew that. That sounds extremely painful. Yeah. So you can have the breast reconstructed, but you have to have the nipple tattooed on. Yeah. Did he tell you that? Yeah. How long did it take to do this? Like, if you have a lot of conversation, the whole, the whole arm probably uh, probably about two days, uh, like a solid forty-eight hours. Right, because it was multiple sessions. You weren't awake for forty-eight hours. I mean, yeah. I mean, you weren't there for forty hours straight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Multiple sessions. Yeah, over time. Right, right. Yeah, six hours here, six hours there. Right. So, you think he talks to everybody about tattooing nipples on women, or did he just? talk to you about that. It's a point of conversation. Uh, how did you get to that? Quite a conversation starter. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. He, uh, I don't, you know, you talk about all kinds of things when you're getting tattooed, you know, there for hours, so. Right. But well, it, apparently he's very, very good at it, and he's all over Louisiana at all the hospitals doing it, so wow. he's very much in demand for it. That's not, and something I never did. You even know about that, Ruth? You ever heard that? Oh no. Um, I was wondering though. I was going to ask if he does any of those progressive. Uh, uh, three-dimensional optical illusion tattoos because those can be incredibly detailed. I, I don't know. He does sort of... Uh, he has his definitely his distinct style. Um, I know he, he does sort of a lot of the Asian sort of Japanese style tattooing, uh, but... Uh, That's what you were thinking of the Lady Justice was, a sort of anime. But he's very sort of surreal in his uh, uh, color and, and, and drawing, so he's very good. That's pretty impressive. And have you been back home since you've had these and everyone say, what the hell happened to you? Yeah, yeah. My parents are what usually are parents asking more think? questions. What they they, they kind of just stopped asking questions after, after the first one. There aren't so many times you go to the lawyer and you... They can't really complain. I mean, you know, I, I don't think they can complain too much. Is so. it expensive to get one? Uh, you know, sometimes it is, but I, was, uh, I do trade sometimes too. You tra- so do you trade with uh, Don Davis at Tattoo I d- Go-Go? I, you know, I do trade with people sometimes for, for work, so... Yeah, but what can you trade in, like legal you know, stuff? Legal work, I mean, if someone needs, you know, whether it's a divorce or help out with some sort of you know traffic tickets or whatever it is that they need help out with mm, your parents could have traded it for the divorce <laughs> <laughs> they don't do tattoos though right neither of them uh no we're jewish you don't have a tattoo if you're jewish i know, so Jew- are you I know jews with tattoos jews well, with tattoos that's, that's a great name uh, for your new book yes they're, they're progressive but but, but tradi- orthodox jews don't have tattoos right and i wouldn't describe us as orthodox we're more selectively observant but we're but okay. we're selective uh to the point of of excluding tattoos. Okay. So uh, do you call yourself Asian and Jewish? Are you both? Um, Ethnically, yes. I mean, Jewish can have all sorts of implications. It can be a religion, which it is in my case. It can be cultural. 
It could right. even be nationality if you're Israeli. They call themselves Jews, even if they're not religious right. at all. Right. So. But you, but you, you're observant. I mean, you do. You go to synagogue. I'm selectively observant. Selectively yeah. Observant. Yeah. My right. ex-boyfriend gave me hell for that because he's he's a, a native and he knows mostly Reformed Jews who just don't bother with any of the of the mitzvot or the rules. So you dumped him. No, he dumped me. <laughs> Why did he dump you? What's his name and social security number? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I have um, to speak to my attorney. We, we just weren't compatible. But you were compatible with him. He didn't feel he was compatible with you. Yes. That sucks. Yeah, to but his what? credit, yes. he was very generous and giving, and I wasn't giving enough in return. So that's what you learned from that relationship? Sorry? That's what you learned from that relationship. Absolutely. That you need to be more it giving. Was very what, you're more selfish? Yes. Hmm. It was very, it was a hard-earned lesson. Hmm. Yes. Are you still in love with him? As much as I ever was. Really? You were as in love with him today as you were when you were together? Well, this was on Sunday, so, yeah. Oh, no, and today's only Thursday, and he broke up with you on Sunday. And he lives a few blocks that way. Oh, we need to go get him. Yeah. (laughs) Graham will go get him for you. Oh, that's sorry. I didn't know it was so, you know, recent. Well, maybe you'll get back together, (laughs) hey. Oh, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> like I said, I learned a days. lot of difficult lessons. Yeah, it has. Like I said, I learned um, a lot of difficult lessons about things I need to go sort out. Okay, so you got to go figure it out and then maybe. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you figured it out already. Well, I mean, if anyway. you know that was the problem. Why didn't he tell you you're selfish and you said, I'm sorry, and then everybody make up and get on? Yeah. Oh, it happened many times. Oh, so you just started. That happened. That's all, you know, <laughs> that's all sunk costs. Sunk costs. Oh, yeah, that's from economics. It's not the perfect metaphor. But sunk costs. Do you know yeah. that, Miles? I'm not an economist. I'm not, so. I've never heard that. I like that, though. Yeah. Sunk costs. What it means it's, it's too late to recover the cost. Well, so it's like a bad debt. It's all uh, sunk costs. Yeah, it's more like um, some, you've already wasted your money on something, and oh. you are never going to recover recoup the cost anything. through business. Right. Yes. So there's no point. It's like throwing good money after bad. Um, as in it's already been spent, and the business right. venture has also failed. <laughs> well, how long There's probably ways to write it off, though. <laughs> <laughs> we're still, we're still friendly. How long were you together as a couple? About six months. So that's not all that long. So, you have, so if you figure out... I still have a chance to recover, yes. But if you figure out in six months a major life lesson, which is exactly. how to be giving and loving and not selfish, I would say that was a six months well spent in a relationship worth having. That's a very wise, that's a very wise takeaway. Yes, thank you. Okay. And now we're going to talk about your terrible technique as a violin player. Well, I've I've fixed it by now. Which, (laughs) which as an early, as a woman whose name, thankfully I can't remember, taught you. Heather Raywald? Yes. Oh, my God. Stop saying it. Was it right? Did I get that right? You know what? I have no beef with okay. my first teacher. No, we're not going to get down yes. on Heather for this. Right. But so tell us what, explain to us what she taught you badly. Well, first of all, I got this habit when, in fact, the wrist should be straight, which is so important that I make my students make a fist a lot before I even let them um, start holding the neck of the violin. The wrist should be straight. You should have a straight line from your elbow to your wrist to your knuckles. And a lot of people get this habit because they're trying to stretch out their fingers further along the neck, especially in cases of viola, which has a longer fingerboard. Is this a viola we're looking at or a violin? No, this sorry, is this is my violin. Okay. Yeah, I prefer it as a folk musician, which is so that's what you're going to get today. Um, okay. Right. Is this Jewish or a Chinese? Is what? This the folk music. Uh, which folk we'll is it? We'll find out. Which nationality? Okay, we'll find out. We'll see if we can guess. Okay. <laughs> You'll find out. Um, okay, so tell us about your bad technique. So that was the first thing. Your wrist right. was in the wrong place. I also got this habit. As you can see, my fingers are, are bunched up, and they're not spread out as they should be for a balance bow Very hold cute little fingers you have. Uh, Doesn't right. she, Miles? <laughs> Very delicate. Yeah. Um, so, so you have to your pinky yeah. rests on the end of not the... Not just that, but the pinky should be curved, and a lot of people get this habit of the ah. squashed fingers. A lot of people also get... I can't even do it wrong. Get this habit That's of weird. The, the, bent ha- the raised knuckles and the top of your hand should be flat it takes time to learn my students struggle with it all the time i also got this habit of only playing in the upper half of the bow why because to play lower in the bow you have to develop flexibility in the wrist which mm-hmm. is much more difficult i didn't address that until college um and she never taught me vibrato so that's wiggling your fingers around so it makes it sound pretty much something like yeah. why do why do violin players do that where do they learn it? Why do you, they do it? What does oh, it make sweetens it? the sound. Um, if you don't use it, 
let's just say that uh, now that we have steel strings, and in the and when the violin was first invented, it had gut strings. The sound mm-hmm. is a lot drier. There are a number of ways to compensate for this. Classical string players use vibrato. Um, Irish fiddlers just play notes so fast you don't have time to notice right. um, the the dry sound. And bluegrass and American fiddle players do uh, a sort of swooping sliding sound. You'll hear that uh, pitch sliding all the time. They do that so they don't have to rest too long on a, on a steady pitch. Can you play all these different styles of violin yourself? Um, classical, yes. Celtic, yes. A little bit of bluegrass, yes. And a bit of klezmer. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you picked all that up as part of your own s- studies or as part of studies in school? No. In fact, I was discouraged as a classical violist from learning other styles and instruments. Really? Unfortunately, hmm. yes. But okay, they didn't, so my teachers didn't know I'd move here and have to, and have to know other instruments and styles. You have to here if you want to make Absolutely. a living. Absolutely. I mean, uh, how so often do the two of you go to the symphony concerts? I've never been to exactly. a symphony concert. Yeah. Never been an, ever? Never been to a symphony concert. No. I might have been a couple of times. I used, to go. Go, I used to go to the opera quite a lot before the storm for some reason, but okay. now, I, now I don't go at all. Well, would you like to hear some bluegrass or, or Celtic fiddling? I like bluegrass. Yeah, yeah I like bluegrass. Okay. okay, that's my point. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's oh, I cool. see. Oh, I thought you were going to play something for us. <laughs> I might. <laughs> <laughs> when? Uh, now, if you Okay, like. that would be all great. Right. Yeah. Okay, Let what me. are you going to play? Um, well, what style are you, you looking for? What are you thinking? Miles? I like bluegrass. Bluegrass okay. would be great. Okay, yeah. Well, you can, you um, can play anything I you feel like. What do you feel like playing? Um, can, may I move my headphones so can I can move more easily? Do anything, All right, yeah. thank you. I mean, what mood are you in right now? Are you, you know, happy, angry, sad? <laughs> yes, con- yes, yes, yes. Contemplative? <laughs> All right. Well, here's some bluegrass just because people like it. Can I st- if I stand, will you be able to hear me? Maybe turn the Yeah, mic Chris will figure it out. All right. Whoa! Oh Lord! How many drink? How many drinks have you had? Zero. <laughs> Zero. Chris, can we hear that? Yeah. All right, sure. Here we go.
Wow. Thank you. Ruth Navarro, thank you very much. That was uh, not what I was expecting at all. Were you, Miles? <laughs> that was very aggressive. Thank you. Well, I promise it was bluegrass. Yeah. I didn't realize it was going to be that aggressive. Did you, Miles? It was like no, a no. It was great. It was great. <laughs> well, I usually, usually the audience would be a little further away, to be fair. Yeah. And I should say, that uh, is not mine. That's Long Hot Summer Day by John Hartford. John Hartford. Okay. Uh -huh. So I just realized, you know, um, thanks for doing that. That's pretty amazing. You can just stand up there and do that. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. You were pretty impressed as well, weren't you, Miles? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. So um, Miss Raven would be shocked if she uh, <laughs> is that, what was her name? Do we have to Ray bring Wall. up her name? She would have been shocked to see that. Anyway, listen, I just realized we've got you know, a long way through the show, and I haven't read this intro that they gave me to read about you. Wait till you hear this. Mm -hmm. I, only got one, I only got to the word singer, harpist, violinist, and violist, and you said not in that order, so we had to reorder well, it back I, to violist. I had, I'm sorry, I had to correct you. Ruth has been a violist in the Acadiana Symphony Orchestra and the Baton Rouge Symphony Orchestra before teaching at the Lafargue you Music got it. School in Metairie, mm -hmm. and at Maker State here in New Orleans. Maker State, I thought that was like an insurance company. Was that Quaker State? <laughs> Close. It's actually a, a STEM or a STEAM educational company. STEAM meaning science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Now, so we mostly hear about STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and well, math. Well, we're innovative. So what can I say? We threw the arts in there. They put it in the middle, so it made STEAM. Rather than at the end, it was STEMA. Mm -hmm. Who came up with that an acronym, actually? That's a good question. Um, Two good questions in one show, thank you. I know, much. I know. All these probing questions I don't know the answer to. Okay, we'll look it up. Uh, anyway, it says, uh, at the Maker State uh, School in New Orleans, Ruth introduces children to science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. You teach all that um, through the creative I'm, I'm not currently. I did. You did? Um, so you're a bit like your dad with the math. Uh, yeah, I kept Especially. up my math through grad school, but not nearly enough for a degree, unfortunately. But I enjoy it. But you can teach little kids at the Maker State. That too, which is a very different skill set than knowing um, college-level math. Where is, it, where is Maker State? Oh, it's actually an organization that teaches classes in public and charter schools around the city. So they send us out to work with the schools. That's pretty cool, actually. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to go to one school every day. You're oh, moving, that's right. In fact, I'm not around. even teaching with them right now. Um, okay. I did last fall. Okay. Well, these are usually out of date when I get mm -hmm. these. Anyway, don't worry about it. So Ruth is also a folk musician, which we know. In New Orleans, you can find her at the Neutral Ground. Mm, absolutely. And other spots playing the harp, it says here, though. But you, that's not true. Um, <laughs> I learned harp when I uh, visited my mom in Washington for two months. Right. There's a much bigger folk... I'm sorry. There's a much bigger folk music and folk instrument scene there and that's where I rented my first harp and you can uh, rent a harp absolutely for about 35 a month here they well, run more cheap. like 100 a month or you can get one for about four grand so I've been struggling to find an affordable one since I got back you're looking for a cheap harp somewhere <laughs> exactly I guess there aren't too many people selling it why would you sell right. a harp I wonder um, get because, sick of it because trade it up? gets old or because it was never that good to start with apparently <laughs> I've had people try to sell me um, a harp that there was no sound, no decent sound coming out of it for a grand. And I said, Shitty sorry. Harp. So someone bought, so that, did they not have a clue when they bought it or did it goes uh, bad? I guess so. I think it's a combination of both. I'm not an expert. I started it just a few months ago. Yeah. I wonder how that made its way into this uh, bio of yours here. Well, I didn't write it. That's all I can it's say. It's a fairly dull sort of instrument to play, I would think, isn't it? Excuse me? A dull mm. instrument to play? To play. I would think well, it would be. Well, first of all, it's challenging. And second I of all. It might be difficult, but it's sort of, I would think it would be sort of used plucking those strings. It can't be. I mean, there's um, not much you can do. Plucking a lot of strings at once. It's more like finger picking on the guitar. Right. But there doesn't seem to be much you can do. It's just sitting. I guess the piano just sits there too. There's not much you can do. As with opposed it. to? I don't know, like you bending notes on a violin or singing or something. You can bend notes on harp if, if you you're can. skilled enough, if you know how. Absolutely. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I don't mean you to. You can also play, I don't mean play to jazz on a harp. I don't you can mean finger to be on a harp. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's some pretty talented harp players. I personally do mostly Celtic um, and folk rock of the 60s and 70s. And some pop. Okay. Folk rock of the 60s and 70s. Because and it sounds what are we talking about? so much better. What song on a folk is one of your favorite 60s? Oh, okay. And 70s? Like Cat Stevens, Sad Lisa. It sounds, it sounds so much better on a harp. Okay. I really. Regret that I do not have one today. I regret it too. Um, Simon and Garfunkel, Sounds of Silence, better on a harp. Leonard Cohen, Hallelujah, better on a harp. Just mm, think about that okay. one. Leonard Cohen, Hallelujah. Uh, Joni Mitchell, her early stuff, the mellow stuff, better on a harp. Wow. Do you sing with it as well? Absolutely. Yeah. So you accompany yourself on harp That's how singing. I use it, yeah. I, I don't solo much on it. Okay, that sounds not a bit better. What about Stairway to Heaven? So you, do you do requests? Um, <laughs> Stairway to Heaven is a bit more challenging because it's very chromatic. It has a lot of notes outside the key. And uh, on, think of a harp as like a piano without the black keys. 
If you want one of the black keys, you have to mess with the levers on a lever harp or the pedals on a pedal harp. So that's one of the things that makes it much more challenging. We had a guy on, on our show a couple of weeks ago called Phil Degree. Have you seen him play? He's a guitar player. He plays I'm sorry, who? Phil Degree. I regret D that I have not. D-E-G-R-U-Y. You can find him at uh, the uh, Collins Hotel many nights. He plays an instrument that he created called a guitar, which has, I think, 17 strings, he said. It's Sounds got, like a good start. It's got eight I prefer 26. Strings. <laughs> How there's 26 strings on a, on a harp? Um, on, on a 26-string harp, there's a whole family 26, of harps. 26, Yeah, uh, a full... I, I don't play a concert harp. I play folk harp. That's and different. I, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, How many or, strings or, on a concert harp? They're also harp? called a, a lever harp because they don't have... As opposed to a pedal harp, which just means the mechanism for changing the pitch of the strings is different. So okay. if you want to change the pitch of the string and add in some of the black key notes, uh, on a lever harp, you flip the levers. On a pedal harp, you press the pedals. Uh, so on a lever harp, I prefer 26 to 34 strings just mm -hmm. because it's all I need and it's more portable. Okay, I've got one, <laughs> I've got one more sentence. Miles, I'm, I'm going to see what your opinion is on this okay. sentence. Okay. In 2013, in Ruth, 2013, Ruth competed for the title of Miss Louisiana. It's actually as incorrect. As Miss Caddo Parish. I hate to correct you. I was Miss Caddo Parish, but oh, I was. Wow. But um, here's how it works. After you win a, a, a qualifying title, like Miss Baton Rouge, Miss Crescent City, Miss Caddo Parish, et cetera, mm. um, that's, when, that's when the organization tells you that you have to raise a little over $700 for the organization through either from your own pocket or through ad sales that is selling ad space in the program and if you don't you're disqualified it's not in the written contract they just tell you verbally um that if you want to compete at state you have to come up sounds with like the a money. scam it sounds like a it, like scientology I, I, or something. i didn't say it um but let's say they don't, i'll just i will say no one told me that until i won my first title your first title how many titles did you win? oh just the one because okay. uh so yeah, then you so find out it's a shakedown Yes. And you've got to come up with yeah, 700 bucks. Yeah. And um, I approached, and, and here's the thing. Um, it's uh, marketed as a scholarship organization. Supposedly the winners get scholarship money. But unfortunately, if you want to compete, you have to raise the money for the Yeah, that sounds like a pyramid scheme, like that herbal life coffee, herbal tea thing that's going on right There's now. There's a certain comparison to be made. What is uh, Caddo Parish? Where is that? That's up, up by Shreveport. Yeah. I was oh, just up just there. I was just Shreveport up there. Right I just now. got back. Yeah. 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 What were you doing up there? It was a methamphetamines trafficking case. How did you get dragged up into Shreveport into that? Uh, well, person got caught uh, possessing methamphetamines. In Shreveport. Because you uh, live in, here in, in New Orleans. In DeSoto Parish, yes. In DeSoto Parish. Which one's that? Uh, it's uh, Mansfield is the center. Is the uh, center of DeSoto Parish. And is this somebody from New Orleans? Yes. So they, you knew them already, or they found you in the yellow pages or on Google or how something like that? Yeah. How do they how do they find you? Uh, we referrals. Wow. So yeah. this kid gets caught. I guess it's a kid. I don't know how old this person is. Anyway, so this person gets caught with methamphetamine. Correct. Possession. Possession. Not yes. making it. No, not making it. How do you get caught with that? What happened? Uh, you know it traffic stops the, you know, there's a lot of methamphetamine trafficking going on up there so but how, uh, do you, how do you get caught I mean you know it's one thing to do drugs and everything like everybody does drugs I'm sure you don't of course but Ruth you wouldn't touch drugs right mm -hmm. no actually I don't <laughs> but most people don't get caught I'm always fascinated by how people get caught well when you're wrapped up in that lifestyle you tend to do stupid things and what did this person do uh, this person got stopped, but it was a traffic stop. I've and, actually uh, heard that if you don't want to get caught with drugs, just don't ever drive. Don't don't drive. Stay in school. That sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But his point stay was in school, that, don't do drugs. His point was that the cops will never notice you unless you put yourself in their way by driving. Putting yourself in a moving vehicle certainly makes it easier to get caught. That too. Being but how being do high. you get caught? I've been driving in a moving vehicle. I'm sure everyone listening to this has been drunk behind the wheel or high behind the wheel at some point and most of the time you don't get caught and then you read these stories like your client here some poor bastard who's driving along and he someone gets pulled over for some reason and he's got 15 tons of methamphetamine on the front that would seat. be a lot of methamphetamine oh, okay. so well, be 13 tons in. so how much did this person get caught with it was a substantial amount yeah but how how did, how did they get caught what was the deal what's what's the trick how do you not get caught how do you not get caught? Yeah, other than staying at home. You don't drive around uh, don't drive exactly. being high and being stupid. So uh, how did this person get pulled over? What did they do? 
I mean, I can't get into specifics about the case, but... Uh, well, change the, you know, speed of the car. I mean, you basically, you, you know, you commit a traffic violation and then one thing leads to another. The officer is going to come up on you. He's going to see that you're acting a little shady. You're probably talking really, really fast because you've been high on methamphetamines for three, four days. And then... Is that how long it lasts? Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. So How much do you have to take to be high for three or four days? You know, I don't know. I've never actually done methamphetamines mm. before, but uh, I don't think it takes very much. Okay. So, so you get pulled over and you're freaking out. And you're freaking out and tweaking. And the cop says, listen. Tweaking. Listen, yeah. tweaking. tweaking. The cop says, listen here. Out. I'm going to blow into this. And listen here. Do you all happen to have any drugs? I stopped you all for a traffic violation. Do you all have any drugs on you by any chance? You're do you mind to, if I search the car? You're allowed to do that? Well, the officer can ask you. What if you, do mind you if he searches the car? Well, then you tell the officer no. Okay. Okay, this is sometimes, good information. So you think it's no. Sometimes you think it's, that it's okay if you just tell the officer, yes, he's not going to search your car. Then he ends up searching your car. I so mean, do they technically need a warrant? Do no, they, they don't need a warrant. Well, if really? you give them permission to search your car, if they If you don't. say no is, and they do it anyway, is that unreasonable search and seizure? It, it depends. They need, it, they need something else to get in your car. So it's sort of a, it depends. Well, there you go. Well, hang on. Let's a lot of legal straight. answers, it sort of hinges. It's, it's an, it depends. So I hear that a lot from lawyers. Yeah. yeah. But what is the truth, though? If What's the, the truth? Yeah, I mean, stay inside with don't do drugs. But if someone says to you, if a cop's saying, can I search your car, you were supposed to say no. Fuck no. Fuck no. Fuck no. Like that. Go get Can a you warrant. be arrested for saying fuck to a cop? No. Okay, so we're good to go. It's probably not that. the best thing to do in well, DeSoto Parish, you know, <laughs> when you're getting pulled over. <laughs> but so but if you say to a cop, can, they, can I search your car? And the cop says no. What do they say next, typically? Uh, Wait, if you're you searching say, well, the cop's car? Can I search your car? <laughs> can I search your That's car? That's what I heard. You're allowed to say that? You're allowed to ask if you can search the cops car? Ruth, what? Yeah. This is in Caddo Parish. They say that, do they? Uh, I, I never attempted to search a cop's car in Caddo Parish or elsewhere. You ever had a relationship with a cop? No. It could be a good boyfriend for you next. I'll work on it. Okay. okay. Just wondering about that. So, okay, so you say, no, you can't search my car. No, officer. I can't search my so car. So then what happens? What does the officer say next? All right. Well, have a nice day. Uh, well, most of I mean, there's a difference between the letter of the law and what happens in real life. So. Yeah, but the, thing, the trick of getting away words, with it is to stay. It's not illegal when you're a cop. Hmm? In other words, it's not illegal when you're a cop. Well, uh, you know, like I said, there's a difference between what happens in, in, in the, uh, by the letter of the law and what happens in real life. And I think oftentimes when you say no, it makes the officer you know, think, well, what do you have to hide? Uh, what do you have to hide? Mm -hmm. And that's probably the next thing they're going to ask you. Well, why do you have a problem? You know, why don't you want me to let you search your car if you don't have anything to hide? Right. Uh, but then I you would plead the fifth. Do you have to say anything? Do you have to say, listen, right. I know my rights, officer, yeah, and you exactly. don't have the right know to search right. my yeah. car. It's, it's probably so why don't you get back in your car and drive away? Yeah, we'll go home. that's a good thing to say. <laughs> but what can he say and to The best you thing next? to do is probably just not drive around with drugs in your car. So yes, that's, but probably, given that, that's probably the best thing to do. Yeah, but given that we're... I mean, how many people <laughs> listening to this show don't have pot on them right now, right? Nobody. Probably. I don't know. What, what are the demographics of your listening audience? Pot smoking. Pot smoking. Methamphetamine, methamphetamine using, using. Mostly people I listen to this show do methamphetamine. Okay. Well, that's what our research... That's what the NPR it's audience truckers. is. truckers. Truckers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, but I'm just saying, what is the... If you can keep a level head, that's what you're supposed to say is you don't have the right to search my car. Keep a level head. Or my body. You don't have the right to search my car. Right. I mean... You know, uh, th there's varying levels they can detain you. You know, th there's a varying amount of time they can actually detain you for for just a traffic stop. Right. So, uh, you know, but th there's a lot that goes into it, and, and it, it depends on a lot of circumstances. But if you're acting super nervous and shifty and talking a million miles an hour and, uh, you know, there's other things wrong, uh, it might lead the officer to bring a dog to your car. And if the dog, you know... But the problem with dogs is oftentimes there's false, uh, the, the dogs aren't, the people who are using the dogs don't actually know how to use them. So they're just going to, uh, sniff your butt. They're just going yeah. <laughs> to, if you're another dog, drugs, of course, yeah. they're just going to give the dog a, uh, 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 sort of like a, a false positive and the dog's going to react to something and they're going to use that as just an excuse to get in the car to give uh, them a reason to search a portion of the car. So basically, if you have basically you're fucked. Basically, you're fucked. You're fucked. Yeah, okay. And you know, it would. Don't do it's, it. it's great that the New Orleans police and uh, and other places in the country are moving towards having video cameras in mm. in cop cars and, and on good. And body mics and those sorts of but things. Transparency, because of course. Transparency, it's good. yes. Because if the police aren't doing anything wrong, they have nothing to hide. Right. 
But the camera's pointing on the police. It's it's on them, right? It's on the well. They have they have dash they have dash cameras that turn okay. on right when the lights go on, and they have uh, and they have body mics that they have, the officers have to turn on when they're making a stop, and they have body cameras too. So I love it, bugging the cops. Yeah, and they have cameras on tasers if you didn't know that too. So. No, I didn't know that. So if the that cop, would if be the a cop is video. tasering you, you know, there's uh, a video of like that. The, awesome out of the electrodes shot. going into your, wow, going into your face, and then or wherever they're tasing you. So. I don't think they're don't supposed tase to tase me, you in bro. the face. I think it happens. What happened at the Supreme Court? Apparently, there was some sort of ruling about. There was there was a recent ruling yesterday that came out that the cops have to get a warrant to search your cell phone in cell in phone. most in most right. circumstances. Yes. What's not going to be on your cell phone that's going to be incriminating? Uh, pictures uh, of your calls girlfriend. To for pictures one? of your girlfriend. Uh, calls to your drug dealer. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah. Hmm. Could be. You can't be arrested for having pictures of your own girlfriend on your phone if she was in America. What if she was 16? If she was, yeah, so it's about to, yeah. yeah. Well, that would be illegal. But the, 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 you're not allowed to get busted for that. You c- the cop can't just ask you for your cell phone now. Then. Well, he could ask you. You don't have to give it over. Right. Okay. Or turn, well, over now the password, you turn over the password for it. Uh, okay. Well, this is good information if you can keep a level. How much am I paying for this normally if I go to the lawyer and... It if depends. I hire you to drive all <laughs> the way depends. to Shreveport. How much would you pay me to perform is the question. Well, how much does it cost to get you to play at neutral ground? What do you get paid there? Oh, nothing because it's the neutral nothing. ground. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I'm paying as well. Yeah. Really? <laughs> what, how do you get paid? How do you make a living? That's a very good question. Still working on Three it. Three good <laughs> questions. How do, you, uh, how do you make a living then? Teaching. Define, li- yes. Mostly teaching and during the tourist season, I busk on Royal Street. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you have a license for that, by the way? Not required. Not required. Anyone yeah, the only catch is... Uh, First Amendment. Right. The only, the only catch is if one of the business owners calls the cops on you, you have to move. But you don't have to give them your phone number or let them look in your violin? I've never been news. asked. I've never been prompted. Can I look in your violin case? <laughs> Sorry, officer. So, so anyone can just go and play on Royal Street? I wasn't aware well, of that. you can that. play anywhere you want to. I well, was not aware there of that. Actually is, there actually There are some laws on the books, but they're... Highly, they're very controversial, and the police mm-hmm. honestly aren't enforcing them right now. Well, but can, and I've represented plenty the, of people yeah. who've been busted on Frenchman Street for playing music just Are on the serious? street. So well, how can you get busted for playing music on Frenchman? Well, the the the, the police uh, there's uh, there's a lot of mis misinformation going around amongst the police in they terms were false of enfor- arrest, in, then. enforcing laws. Yes. Were they false arrests? Well, they didn't. They weren't arrests. People are getting ticketed. So. Yeah. Were they? I think some some tickets? people were arrested. Well, no, I mean they end up getting thrown out. So I, okay. I end up getting thrown out. But right. I've represented plenty of people for being. So essentially, it's just the cops harassing musicians, even though they're not doing anything illegal. Yes. Good to know. Yes. Well, I don't busk on Frenchmen, <laughs> but I also I also don't busk after dark because I'm usually alone. So I think my chances on are Royal better. St- you're scared on Royal Street of being alone after dark. Yeah. What could happen to you? There's like a million well, people. Shit. I mean, there's people getting robbed all over the place. I mean, and besides, mm, okay. they're always drunk creepers who like come up to me and like stare into my face during the day. Well, do they know you're Miss Caddo Parish? That you're one of the most beautiful well, women usually, in Louisiana. Uh, let's face. Usually not. Do you wear your sash? Uh, no. Um, do you still have I don't it? Think, yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't think. Could I wear that from next Mardi Gras? Could Sorry? I go? As, could I go as Miss Keto Parish next Mardi Gras? That would be a great idea, wouldn't it? Technically, you're not supposed to, but since I made it myself, because it turns out the pageants also don't provide the sashes. Um, You've you're got to, to be kidding. So when no, they put that on you, no, you say they congratulations, you're Miss Keto Parish. They provide Give the crown, uh, but I, I had to make my own sash with my title on it. What did you make a sash out of? You can purchase them for forty-five dollars, but that. Um, how much? $45 from the Miss America website. Really? That's worth it that for a Mardi Gras like a outfit. It, isn't the whole thing sounds like a scam. First of all, you have to come up with $700 to get um, into the Well, technically, all of this, or at least the re- fundraising requirement, is against Miss America regulations. So it's not a problem in the Miss America system. It's a problem in this state. Oh, it's but it's Louisiana. Louisiana. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. Who, right? Right? We got a lawyer here. What are you yeah. going to do? What, what is it? Do? Who governs it? Um, I mean, is it the, the is there a Louisiana? There's a Miss Louisiana board. Yes, in they set the regulations. Good lord, that's crazy. Hey, listen, we're going to have to get out of here at some point. Do you want to play us another song before? Yeah, sure. What are you feeling? Mix? Celtic, classical, classical. What do you think, Miles? Upbeat, what, what, what sad. Sort of mu- okay, but what sort of music would you like to hear? Upbeat, something upbeat. Something is that what you're upbeat? feeling? Okay. Something aggressive and upbeat. Okay, so pub songs. You got it. Okay, what's this going to be called? The song. Um, I don't know. I could I could do Rocky Road to Dublin, which is about drinking and fighting. Uh, Wild Rover, which is just about drinking, or uh, the Two Sisters, which is about killing people. But it's upbeat. Killing, drinking, or drinking and fighting. Yes, killing. 
Graham likes the idea of killing. We have so a request. You got it. Jesus this is for Graham. Okay. What's it called? This is the ballad of the two sisters. Oh, the two sisters. You just said that. Give me a moment.
Wow, very nice. Ruth Navarre, Miss Caddo Parish, 2013. Uh, but thank you. Hang on, let me just end. Uh, so there was a song sort of about sibling rivalry and justice. I wouldn't say, uh, yes, just a well, bit of justice got, at the end. The Miller got, uh, got bo- did he get boiled in lead or did the no, sister get boiled in lead? No, that was just the sister, the original. So what artist. happened to the Miller who pushed it back in the water? He got hung? Hanged? Hanged. Uh, I'm sorry. He was hanged? Yes, uh, the, this version of the story, of course, goes that the Miller gets hanged and the sister boiled in lead. Okay. Well, punishment, <laughs> where, did that, uh, where did that come from? Uh, where did the ballad come from? Yeah. I think it's just traditional, uh, traditional Irish. There's also a, Scot- a Scotch-English version called the Bonnie Swans. The it's a little Bonnie different. Swans, in that okay. version, um, the Miller uh, either kills her or just uh, fishes out her body and makes um, out of her bones. He makes, uh, by some accounts, a fiddle, by others, a harp. And then, of course, magically, the harp or fiddle starts playing and singing about who killed her. That's a great little story. That's like yeah, a lots uh, of lots of ghost like, stories. Child, lots of grisly ghost stories in uh, mm. Celtic ballads. Yes. Yeah, there's some good ones. It's a lot of the Cajun songs have got bizarre lyrics as well, and, and also French. old-time American. Um, yeah. In fact, there's a whole genre called murder ballads, which comes from the Irish influence because there's so much of Irish fiddling and ballads in old-time and bluegrass right. music. Wow. we've got a lot. We could have another whole hour on all this stuff. Yeah. I'm down. Between <laughs> methamphetamine and Irish. <laughs> Celtic music. Let me just tell you before we go about what's happened to our uh, regular music guests. Andrew Duhon, who's usually here, is uh, is off on tour around the world. He's uh, su- out on tour supporting his Grammy-nominated album, The Moorings. You can find out where he is at his website, andrewduhon.com. And Kelsey May, who's often here as a friend of the show, is out supporting her new album, Half Light. You can see if she's coming to a town near you. She's playing in New Orleans around town. Then she's off for the summer around the country. And she is being found at Kelsey May, K E L C Y M A E dot com. Are you familiar with any of these people? Uh, I regret that I am not. Scene? You need to catch up. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I just haven't. I just haven't run into them on Royal Street. I guess. We can see you on Royal Street and at the Neutral Ground and other places. You have a website. We can link to it on our. Website. I have a Facebook page. A Facebook page. Yeah. Ruth Navarre, like Navarre yep. in Florida, N-A-V-A-R-R-E. Uh, the Spanish Kingdom, yes. The Spanish Kingdom it's is where it comes from. Yes. Really? Yeah, we I think, my mom thinks our ancestors were from Spain before the Inquisition, and okay. all the Jews got chucked out. Yep, for Jews not being Catholic, I know. Yeah. Okay, and so you, are you the only Jewish-Asian person in New Orleans? Probably. You don't know any others you think you would know? I don't, I know some on the West Coast, of course. Okay, all right. Well, Ruth Navarre, thank you so much for joining us. Miss Caddo Parish, 2013. Thanks so much for having me. Very nice. And Miles Swanson, thank you so much for joining yeah, us No problem. Well. We could put a link to your uh, law practice if you'd like on our sure, website. No Maybe problem. we can make you some money. Can we get 10% of everything? Absolutely. No, that's actually, I don't know. You're not allowed to do that? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's <laughs> There might be some the, law uh, against that, possibly. There, no, there's definitely uh, a law against that. There is definitely. Definitely. Okay. Hey, well, thank you both so much for joining us today. That's been Happy Hour for another hour. All right. A producer of our show is Graham DuPonte, our associate producer and technical director and expert on slavery north and south is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director and Joshua Brown is our music coordinator. The theme song from Happy Hour, which you're currently listening to, is being played by and was written by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by Pre-Sonus Audio Electronics. For more information about their wide range of sound recording equipment, check them out at presonus.com. If you'd like to be on our show, you can stay upright for about an hour. Drop us a line. Our address is on our website, where you can also check out our other happy hour shows. There's many more for you to listen to, as well as Out to Lunch with Peter Aschuti, live from Commander's Palace. Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the Game with Chris True and Tammy Nelson. Our new show, Nino, New Immigrants, New Orleans, about the new New Orleans, with Kim Vu, Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss, and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada, and Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker. There's something there for everybody, isn't there? You can keep up with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media as well. On all of it, where It's New Orleans, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com. And on Facebook, these photos are taken by the fabulous Douglas Engel, who's standing right over there with a camera in his hand. You may recognize him. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher or Swell or some other podcast app that you like better, thank you so much for subscribing to us. Take a moment, if you can, if you've got a minute, to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Don't drive around with drugs in the car. That's good advice. And stay in school. Talking of which, thank you to Hangover Destroyer. If you like to drink at night and be able to think next morning, just Google Hangover Destroyer. Or if you're not totally fucked up, go to hdestroyer.com. Thanks, too, to Petite Pet Care. Remember to call them, Miles, about your 111-pound dog. No, you're 111 pounds, Ruth, aren't you? He's 110. Or 110, yeah. 110 to be. Pretty close. uh, What's the fluctuation of one pound there, depending if you had lunch or not or something? 
What did you have for lunch today? I uh, I think I had eggs and quinoa. Eggs and quinoa. Did after, you make that? It was after a workout, and yes. Wow. Do you cook lunch yourself, Miles? I no, never make anything. I don't cook lunch. Me neither. I don't cook. No. You cook anything? No. Let's go to Ruth's place afterwards <laughs> and have something to eat. I'm on a I'm on a special diet, uh, low acid, low potassium, so I can't eat most things. I don't eat a lot or of drink. acid either. Do you eat much acid? Acid? No, I hardly do acid. LSD twenty five. I haven't done that in ages. How much acid do you take? Ruth? Well, I'm not allowed to now because yeah, I'm on stay this low, off acid, acid. low potassium Stay diet. off the acid and the potassium too. It won't do any good for you. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street, home of the handcrafted food and spirits where they put fine dining into a sandwich happy hour. It's a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon, everybody else back at our office at INO and everyone around the table here at Wayfair, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. We'll see you next time back here on Happy Hour.